Welcome to the 20 Things Adoption Podcast with your host, adoption author Sherry Eldridge. Adoptive parents will find hope here, hope that strained relationships with their adopted children can heal. Hi, my friends. Well, we're going to visit the subject of adoptive birthdays again today. I just recently had one. I'm well into my seventh decade of life, and I look back and I realize that there are so many things that I couldn't say or explain about adoptee birthdays in my younger years, but I just kind of like to share with you the new thoughts that I have about birthdays so that maybe the whole triad, adoptees, my fellow adoptees, birth parents, adoptive parents, foster parents, can glean some insights so that adoptees can learn to navigate those milestones in a healthy way. So anyway, let me just share a memory with you of my last birthday party. I was up in Michigan with my family. All of Bob's brothers were there and their wives, and many of our nieces and nephews were there. And we were sitting out in the backyard in this August uh, afternoon in beautiful Michigan near the lake. At one moment, one of the nieces came out with a beautiful birthday cake. It was like probably 14 inches around, and it had a red candle, one red candle on it. And then I looked around, and everybody, all my family, was standing in a circle. They had their iPhones up and they were singing happy birthday to you. And I tell you, it really touched my heart. I felt so incredibly loved by my family. But you know, friends, as I think about that positive experience, I think back to other times when I couldn't receive the love that my family wanted to give me. As you know, I've gone through a healing of memories time a couple years ago, so I am able to receive more than I ever could But this was so wonderful. And family, I love you for doing that for me. I really love each one of you so very much. So today we're going to revisit the subject of adoptee birthdays and realize as I share these thoughts that these are my thoughts. I'm not trying to speak for all adoptees at all. I wouldn't presume to do that. But perhaps if I share my thoughts about what really goes on in an adoptee's brain and mind and body during a birthday year, everybody might be able to understand the adoptee better. And of course, that's always my passion is that the adopted child will navigate well through life. So there's three things that I would like to talk about today. I'll tell you the three and then we'll go into detail. The first one is Birthdays often trigger strong emotions. That's the first thing. The second one is birthdays might set up the adoptee for complacencies. And the third one is birthdays are opportunities for parents, both birth and adoptive, to prepare for the unexpected. You can't plan it, parents. And so I'll explain that more as we go along. But I think about my own mom, Aretha was her name. 
She was such a good mom and tried so very hard on birthdays to make me feel loved, to make me feel special. I have a picture of her black and white photo of the table that she set for me at the picnic table when I was about five years old, sitting with all my friends, all dressed up in pretty dresses and stuff around the picnic table. And everybody was having fun, but I was pouting. Sure, I couldn't have told you at that time what was going on in my mind. I know now that I was very sad. I was missing my birth mother, my first mother, as we say now. Beautiful Elizabeth, who was my first mom, who gave me my first home, whose heartbeat became the rhythm for my life, for the dance of adoption. And I was missing her. I didn't even know about her then, at least in a verbal way. But of course I did because I grew in her womb. We will always be a part of our first family, and we love them very much. I wish that, as many of you know, the reunion that I had with Elizabeth ended in rejection of her to me. I wish that could have gone differently, but you know what? She just wasn't ready to work through all those issues, and that's okay. She did the best that she could. So anyway, going on from there, I might have said I feel sad, but I think when kids feel so sad about losing the birth first family, that it comes out as anger. And that's the way it was. And I can just see my mom, you know, when I was pouting at the table and she was saying, oh my gosh, you know, I wanted this to be so special for her. You know, I've made a cake and I've invited all of our friends and we've got balloons and she's just sitting there pouting. What have I done wrong? And it will always be a temptation for adoptive and foster moms to feel guilty like they'll never be able to meet the needs of this child of theirs. That's a lie from hell. Don't believe that, adoptive and foster parents or birth parents. You can know the needs of your child. So anyway, I know that when I was a child like that, that adoptees comfort themselves through fantasy. So I, in a very unconscious way in my brain, I was probably fantasizing about Elizabeth, my birth mother, and maybe even my birth father. I don't know, but it was all there. As I've gotten older, I may have wondered, well, why did she place me for adoption? Was there something wrong with me? Was I too small? Did I cry too much? There were many extenuating circumstances about why she placed me for adoption. But all that is going on inside the adoptee's brain and heart. And so that is the first thing, that birthdays trigger strong emotions. For the adoptee is tremendous grief. For the birth mom, I would guess it might be guilt. Did I really want to do that? And third, for adoptive moms, self-condemnation, like I spoke about with Retha, that maybe she was condemning herself, that she didn't do something just right. Or maybe she was condemning me if she had expectations of me. Okay, so the second point that I'd like to talk about is that birthdays might set the adopted child up for complacency. Okay, I'm going to approach this tenderly, my friends. Many adoptive and foster moms just want to make birthdays a very special day or gotcha day. And by the way, I don't believe in gotcha day. That puts too much emphasis on the child. And I'll explain more about that later. But it puts too much pressure on the child. 
There are many adoptive moms who will say to me if I tell them that their child may be sad on their birthdays or they may experience anger or whatever, they'll say, well, my child is just fine. She's perfect. We're very close. Well, fine. But remember that there is a titanic loss in the bottom of the heart of that adopted child. She may sense all your expectations, especially on birthdays, to agree that she feels special and everything, but it may not be authentic. It may not be her real self, and you don't want that. All moms out there and dads, you don't want that. You want them to be authentic, to be able to navigate the birthday in a healthy way. Let me just illustrate this with this example. There was a little girl whose parents were wiped out in a horrific car accident. And so at the funeral, she was so sad. Then they go to the gravesite. They see the coffin being lowered into the ground. And then someone takes her hand and walks with her. And you go up to her and you say, hey, honey, how are you? Blah, 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 blah. And how would she respond to you? I mean, what I want you to see is that your child has come from a funeral. And so on the birthday, that's what she's feeling, that sadness of being in a funeral and coming from the parental funeral. So to expect her to act happy and compliant and smile and do all that stuff to please you is just a setup. So be careful, parents. You want her to not lose touch with who she was created to be. I know that's your heart's desire. Okay, the last point I have on this little podcast is that birthdays are opportunities for parents, all parents, to prepare for the unexpected. And you know, I've tried to put this into words because I think that if you parents could understand what goes on inside our hearts, or many adoptee hearts, or mine at least, you might be able to roll with it and be able to flex and be adjustable to whatever the child wants to do. And I would encourage you to let the child take the lead in planning the birthday. Maybe tell them, we would love to have you plan your birthday. So here's some of the different activities that you can do. So you might want to verbalize, we can go to the pool, we can go on a walk, we can go to a movie or whatever. But realize that volatile emotions within the adoptee can happen at any moment, okay? With that in mind, just here are some ideas about planning it. Maybe take a whiteboard, you know, and have, these are the different things that we might do throughout the day. And maybe don't even bring it out until the morning of the birthday, because if you bring it out the night before, then the child's going to get all nervous about it and feel scared. And so list the different activities that you might do together and let the child choose the first one. So say she wants to go for a walk. And so you go for a walk and you go like a mile down the road or a half a mile and all of a sudden she's mad and starts throwing a fit. What do you do? Does that mean it's not going to work anymore? No, she's just trying to tell you she's remembering pain. So these volatile emotions can arise in adoptee hearts that we don't, as adoptees don't expect, and parents don't know what and had to do with. But fellow adoptees, that is normal. We aren't weird. We have been through so much hurt. 
And so at times our remind us or our bodies remind us, and we might not understand it, but it's okay. Just don't condemn yourself for it or feel guilty for having those volatile emotions. Remember as well that as you're planning the activities, now this is going to blow your minds because this is a different thought, parents. When you remember that when the child finds comfort through fantasizing about the birth parents. So one thing I think, and you'll have to tell me what you think, would be very helpful to the adoptee would be to help them fantasize out loud on birthdays about the first family. If you have small kids, play house with the mommy and the daddy and the, you name all of it. And when you get a child and play, they will lapse into fantasy and that will be so healthy for the child to be able to speak that, to know that it's okay. I just recently worked with a group of parents who have adult kids now that were adopted, and they were shocked that they could bring up the birth family. Of course you can, dear ones. You can bring up the birth family. It's who your child is fantasizing about. We adoptees are like amputees. We lost our first family but we still feel their presence in our lives every single day. I bet on birthdays especially, but you know, many adoptees that I talk with, they think about their first family every day. So there you go. But anyway, does that kind of blow your mind? I mean, you can signal that it's okay to talk about her birth family or his birth family. So you can do it when they're little through the toys and stuff like that. You might have your child draw a picture of the first family, or maybe the child can tell you and you're at the easel and you're drawing it out. There's many varieties that you can use, but be very creative about how you navigate this uh, exercise. And there was a woman when I did Jewel Among Jewels Adoption Network News way back in the day, I think her name was Kathy Giles. And I want to give her credit for coming up with the idea of signaling okayness, O-K-A-Y-N-E-S-S, okayness, signaling to your adopted child that it's okay to talk about the birth family. In fact, it's not only okay, but it's welcomed and it's appreciated. I wonder where you got that beautiful red hair. Maybe it's from your birth father. Do you think he has brilliant red hair like you? Or maybe I wonder where you got the ability to play the piano like you do. Maybe it was your birth mother. Maybe she plays the piano. You may know the birth mother now. I mean, things are so much more open. So if that's the case, you may invite your child to write a letter to his or her first mother. And maybe get a box, the first family box. If your child has not had a reunion with the family or it's been a while in between visits and the child is getting lonesome, you can always encourage them to write a letter, to write a letter to the birth family. And that will help them have comfort and know how to deal with the sadness. Another idea is to get a feelings chart. I've got one that's like a big circle. And Pat, make several copies, one for each person in the family so that you can identify what's going on. And a lot of times when I look at that chart about anger, I can see that anger shows up in many different ways. 
And of course, anger is covering up the sadness. It's the only way adoptees know how to deal with the sadness is the anger. So try the feelings chart. You can get that on Google. There's lots of varieties of it there. Absolutely free. That's about it. But I just want to encourage you to be parents to let go of your expectations for birthdays. Don't expect your child to be happy. Don't expect them to be compliant. Don't expect them to do what you want them to do. Expect them to be themselves and roll with it. Just do whatever you can to let them work through those volatile moments, which they will have. So I would love to hear from you. Respond to me on my blog or follow me on this podcast. SherryEldridgeAdoption.blog is my blog post. And then, of course, this podcast, 20 Things Adoption, at any of your favorite podcast stations. So I love you, I'm praying for you, and I hope this is a great help for you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the 20 Things Adoption Podcast. If you can think of friends or family that would benefit from this information, feel free to share. See you next time.